Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Friends, today we have another exciting guest on our podcast, like we always do. They're from the RI Pack, and they're going to talk to us about what that is. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me and doing all these shows. In the hundreds now, that's great. Yes. We're glad and, to uh, have you. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, I am forming a political action committee, which is similar to a political party. Okay. And I'm really happy to talk about that. Uh, Excellent. A lot of opportunity here. Excellent. So kindly tell our audience your first and last name. Sure. Nicolas Guillermo. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And kindly tell our yeah. audience how you got involved in this political action committee. I created the PAC after years of studying the process due to my the nature of my business that I've been involved in, which is a business that is related to ballot access. Because huh. there just have not been enough volunteers, the business model has rose out of that and different types of, uh, well, uh, consultants uh, like myself can offer to a client for a fee. And generally, they discuss this with the client. They will uh, sometimes help with even the drafting of the language or the resources for all of that and, and seek to be a, what I would like to do is be a full service suite for helping any political action committees. But not quite there yet, but I'm working on that. And uh, I got involved because of the nature of my business where I realized that there was uh, something missing, that there wasn't an involvement of the actual people involved so much in the political process. There wasn't any kind of unified vote or voice behind policy as uh, people that are participating in that process of uh, working in the signature collection business. And, uh, you know, in general, there's people from the left, right, and center in the space, even, even maybe anarchist people. And uh, they would do the work for a business, and then they go home and have their own political thoughts. So I thought to myself, why isn't it just not us, but why isn't the public have an organization where we could discuss all of the various policies we would rather have changed in our state and our government, and then be involved in that process of drafting the legislation, filing it, filing it as a ballot measure, participating in the signature collection process. I asked myself why that doesn't exist, because no organization is set up to provide that service, to teach people the overall process. And uh, periodic uh, PACs come up with specific policy issues, and they campaign, and they are essentially reinventing the wheel over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just the history of of this process is that uh, they made it a system where people form political action committees to manage money for the operation, which is required to collect enough signatures in time and even validate them, make sure they're registered voters and and have a competing campaign to get on the ballot. You know, sure. I listened to your last, uh, your last radio show, and the lesson to me was instant runoff voting needs ballot access just like Maine and Alaska. 
and that's how they got it on the ballot with signature collection. And oh. if only people knew about the process more, knew about how it works, how to collect signatures physically, being in the streets, you know, the grocery stores and, and malls out there in parking lots getting signatures, knowing what that process feels like and being a part of it. Because when that happens, we could actually challenge every single type of policy change that exists. And we don't have to wait for the government and some promise of a politician to get us there. And that's the, that's the difference between what I'm doing is that it's actually more about the individuals of each political party rather than a political party lead. And if a camp, campaign candidate could just run for office saying they would represent the people, how else would they better do that unless they had some system of consensus building and poll taking and they would find out how the people really need to be represented? So it only makes sense to me the future is e-democracy, the future is direct democracy, and when we combine the two, and when we get online and we talk about our laws, and when we when we actually get involved and put them on the ballot, then we are becoming the new founders and framers of the Constitution we wish to see changed. And all the changes that we, you know, can envision that would fix all the problems could be done by us. Uh, so, isn't it funny? Let me ask you a question. You're doing the interview, and I've been rambling, but let me ask you a question, and it gets your audience to think. Uh, the whole time, any candidate from any of these wonderful alternative groups, you know, groups advocating things like uh, alternative voting methods like ranked choice and so many other topics you could go into, like, when a candidate's running to say, I would like to get this implemented, which do you think is more effective? Or I shouldn't even frame it. Which is uh, Which is really most uh, genuinely going to help bring us to the solution? Is it waiting for the politicians to be elected after we vote and promising uh, us to get it done for us? Or ourselves being involved periodically, just temporarily, with a very small side time of our busy weekly schedules, going out and getting a few signatures for a ballot measure, and if we all do that in unison, if it's not even like the whole state, if a very, very small, minuscule percentage of the state with the signature requirement threshold being how low it is got involved, we could do this in next to no time at all, like an hour a week. Yes. An hour a week in most states, you know. And uh, California is the one exception. It would probably take about a 1,000 people doing a lot. Actually, I think it was more than that. Yeah, we need several thousand people. But uh, a lot of states, like Arizona, where I'm from, it only take about 215 people when I did the math. And what state are you calling from? Texas. Texas? Oh, yeah. So, Texas, you all have initiative and referendum and charter amendments on the local level. And I went to Texas to help a petition once. Oh. And you all can change any law like ranked choice voting in the city there. You can actually do that through a ballot measure process and see – this is like the hidden information that neither politicians talk about. They don't really teach in political science courses and lectures in the college. They don't teach people certainly how to be involved in the process. So that's why it's so crucial people listen and share this episode. And anywhere my message comes up, it's not just me. When when people learn this information, it's you. It's your audience member. It's, sure. it's their friend. It's anyone that they know that would say, I'd rather have a system where it's participatory, where I could change the fact of uh, you were saying? Yeah, so not 100% where it was cut off, but uh, it was that, in general, these everybody can look up their own state ballot access rights and cities in their state. 
Okay. Pretty much every state in the country's got something going on in at least a major city. And with that, we have an open door to be able to help change any kind of policy we want. There's a ballot initiative process. There's a referendum process. There's what's called a charter amendment, which is essentially the same thing, but on a small a local level. And uh, furthermore, you you are, and the listeners should be familiar with the recall. That is, yes. the, of course, the process to remove a politician. And there's also an interesting, very, very interesting process known as the citizen grand jury. Oh. Now, this, this is only available in six different states, and I do not happen to live in one of them, but I neighbor two of them, New Mexico and Nevada. Oh. Now, Nevada the only state that has every single type of ballot access question of those four I just mentioned. And uh, every state, of course, has nomination where we can get candidates. And there's a third-party and third, uh, you know, option candidate process to qualify, and that is also very valuable. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that if the candidates can unify behind the idea of e-democracy, even they then can help make their own case for their policy choices and invite the public to, you know, polite and sophisticated debate. debate. And it can be done online, and it can have a real methodology, so everybody can look at it as from a learning perspective to hear all sides. And we can turn it into something constructive instead of how arguing is done online. People troll each other and... So, okay. So you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I can hear you. Now, kindly tell our, our audience more about that Citizens Grand Jury. That's something I haven't, I may have heard about it from one of our candidates, but it's not something I've heard about too much. So kindly explain that to us. Okay, the Citizen Grand Jury process you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, so... There's six states. Let's see if I can remember all of them. Uh, there's, first of all, um, uh, Kansas. Okay. Uh, I believe that is one of them. New Mexico, Nebraska, North Dakota, Nevada, Oklahoma, and I'm missing one, aren't I? Is it Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I post about it all the time. It's one of those just little things. I'm glad you're bringing it to my attention. Now, I just posted it recently on Twitter. Uh, I have a post uh, called Zero X Petitioner. Uh-huh. And I uh, basically also post about very interesting things related to cryptocurrency because I'm into it, and I believe that if your listeners look into it and what we can do with this stuff is we can not only figure out ways to, uh, you know, use this money, but... Um, the technology behind it can be used for, uh, in fact, this industry that I work in, as far as validating signatures uh, where artificial intelligence is, is implied. And it's just about the shared ownership, just like we'd like to have shared ownership of our country. You would like to have a more decentralized power where the, it's we the people, not uh, you the politician that was elected. And that decentralized power structure is also inherent in cryptocurrency, so I think that there's a, a you know a correlation. I'm going to keep posting about both ideas, 
Um, you can see some stuff about citizen grand jury recently because of some federal, you know, crimes going on people must pay attention to. And I don't know if I'm 100% right on everything. I may be a little fringe. But at the same time, uh, I don't really put too much opinions out there. But I'm open to hearing all sides. And that's what I am open to. And I hope your listeners and, you know, we, we, we all want to have that kind of open space where we can talk about policy and how it can uh, either uh, help us or, or harm us. And we should be aware of that. And, uh, you know, it's not just up to candidates. It's not one person that's so smart they know every single right policy. I don't think that's the case. I think every one of us can start thinking what policies we want to change and, and, and skip the whole middleman of thinking you have to elect somebody. And let's just all do it together and put those policies on the ballot. Now, if we get a candidate running and they want to say, let's improve ballot access rights, let's put bills into power to, you know, give people more direct democracy, then I'm all for it. And I think that we need that no matter what political paradigm people are for, because it uh -huh. should be for education, getting consensus. And when people have consensus on policy, it won't matter. The candidates can pass things and, be, and it will be great when all the people agree, you know. And we have to, we have to let that happen and... and that is only going to happen with our participation, I believe, in, you know, e-democracy, building it, building a community behind it. And, uh, yeah, if you live in one of these states, like New Mexico or Nevada, that's where I'm going to be, you know, any of your listeners are out there, because I'm neighboring those states. So when it does happen, I will be, you know, going to both of those first to figure out what exactly I can do. In the meantime, anyone who lives in any of those states, they can contact me. And they can see it. Uh, you know, I'm, I apologize. I'm driving right now. Otherwise, I would check. But uh, I, but that was the list. I'm sure it's Oklahoma, New Mexico, Nevada, Nebraska, North Dakota, and I'm pretty sure Kansas. And uh, the, it must be one more. But uh, it might be Missouri, like you said, or, or it might be, yeah. I think it might be Missouri. Okay. Let's see. Um, but, yeah, you know what, I, I try to focus on my own state, Arizona. Um, I do know a bit about Texas with the Charter Amendment, and it's really good. And if I could help you, if at any point you want to be an investigative journalist, and then tell your audience what it was like when you went down there, went to the state house or went to the local city office and talked to them about these rights and how they responded, what papers did they give you. For me, that's a really interesting conversation. And uh, I'm inspired being here. Because I want to also, you know, throw in audience, some kind of election reform talk, and uh, and you know that's for, that's what I want to do is I want to get people talking about their stories of what it's like and teaching others how to get involved in this process of actual policy change. And that's how sure. we change America. Yes. And yes. other countries, all the countries all over the world have these rights, and I just found out the country of Uruguay, for example. They have no time limit on their signatures. Like here, we oh. have a time limit. So if you if you don't get the signatures, it's over. You got to start over again. So you know it's really challenging. But in Uruguay, there's nothing stopping the people there from turning that government into whatever they want it to be. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Costa Rica is one of them. You know, Switzerland. People know about that. But there's a lot of other countries, like even Japan. So Japan has a referendum process. Um, you know, it's just we got to know about that. So uh, you have so many different shows, so many different 
proponents and candidates that know of the policy ideas, and I, I would challenge the idea of what it could potential to connect these candidates with me and you together and, and actually now figure out how all of us can come together and build something together that would allow all of us to magnify each individual's power for attention to these topics and how we can get people involved in fixing them. Yes. Yeah, that would Seriously, be a great undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. And it would involve the whole U.S. and there would have to be state leaders and uh, people would have to, yeah, like lead their state in, in, uh, in kind of like bringing that open. And then there would be more people doing that, you know. The idea is to decentralize even that infrastructure. So what I learned is kind of more or less like how to go about political consulting. And I, it's an industry that could be disrupted. It could be decentralized. It could be gone mainstream to just, you know, us folks like us would want to change laws and want to bring that information how to do it to people because everyone else is going to point towards elections and i know that's how the system has given us direction but it's not how it needs to be you know it needs it, it can be so much more because that whole time while the candidates are running for office we can also have those policy changes right on sure the sure yeah we could do them both at the same time in tandem with each exactly. other exactly and we should have that with the alternative candidates, so they get a chance, and once they get elected, they push for policy that opens up ballot access. That makes it easier to qualify ballot measures, you know. Sure. And uh, give people more information, because I, I don't want to go so far as saying they're gatekeeping, but out of the totality of political sciences, this is an area that is least understood and least um, explained or promoted that I know of. Huh. Few nonprofits and uh, the way the IRS does it is as soon as you're a nonprofit, which is essential, you got to have a group that's all about education to teach people these things. But as soon as you do that, the IRS says, yeah, you can't, you don't have to pay taxes. But unfortunately, uh, well, the thing is, they don't all, they also don't have free speech because as soon as that happens, they can't politically suggest for or against any candidate or political policy, or the reasons for such idea. So they can't be objective. They can't be like, you know, like morally and ethically for the people, as they'd openly have with free speech, telling us how to fix the problems that are going on. Does that kind of make sense? Because the IRS mandate, it's funny, but IRS does have free speech laws that limit every American, even though that's the First Amendment of our Constitution. Huh. Because as soon as you're a profit, you can't talk about policy. You can't. You can be indirect, and that's the only way they get away with it, but it's under a sharp razor, and they have lawyers, and the IRS is looking at them trying to take away their 501c3 status. So it affects churches for their reasons, and it affects any nonprofit, actually. So uh, because of that, you know, there needs to be a niche. There's a niche. There's a solution, and that's where... What I'm building, where RIPAC comes in, is to teach people about uh, the, the process of how to get involved in the ballot initiative process, uh, how to objectively decide policy as a community and help put it towards the ballot, uh, how to organize. You know, I'm working on all of the infrastructure so people can work with me, and I have a lot of tools. I actually have tools that will be helpful for you, my friend, and we will have another meeting 
where I can share them with you and give you some, as best access as I can to help you leverage marketing campaigns. Oh. I'm only one person. I can manage so much. But I do have more than enough tools to operate for myself in a, in a given day. And I don't think there's any even like log, login restrictions if we were both logged in or not. But okay. I have some marketing tools, you know, and uh, what you're doing is essential because you are the, the hub of the information for this alternative voice, this alternative policy world. Sure. You are. You're, you're, that's what you're leading to be, and who else is out there doing that right now? Like the, the yeah. mainstream media and even alternative media, they're not really bringing attention to those people that if, you know, elected – in this case, when we're dealing with election law, or as I interject and suggest, if policy were voted for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, the, that's the, the root of solving the political problem. Because with pretty much every problem in our world, you can root it back to something political that they're misspending, that they're mishandling, that they're misconducting, you know, and they're just messing up at royally when you look at government and how it's run today. They're not doing it right. I told people are bad. So, so you know, that's essential to have that kind of media. And I, that's a different paradigm of media. I, I would say what you bring is constructive media and to compliment you as well because it's something that pivots on what actually potential could be possible. Okay? Yes. You know all these other media junkies? All these media junkies, they just feed us fear. They just push the agenda. What's going to blow up the world next to destroy us next? You know, how many horrible things are happening? And they don't go anywhere. Even if it's alternative media, you can turn it off because all it's showing you is more corruption you probably didn't want to hear. It just shows how worse it is. And, you know, maybe it's somewhat necessary, but at the same time, it's not. Like, unless it's actually getting people involved in the solution, uh, then I don't think it's good enough for the next paradigm that the people on this planet need to take you know, to survive this. Because we're going in dark places unless we survive this. And, uh, and and we don't need to talk about the problem of how bad it is in tandem, in infinitum, because uh, we already know it's bad. We already all can agree it's really corrupt and bad. We need to talk about how to fix those problems now. So getting the right alternative candidates is awesome. Uh, but also building campaigns around that, like, I want to help you and every candidate I imagine that's out there really understand what they could do as far as building a campaign as someone who, you know, can help them brainstorm working in this industry for uh, so many years, since 2005. No, since wow. 2000. 2000, I started doing door-to-door fundraising and organizing, and 2005, I started doing ballot access, ballot oh. initiatives, referendum, recalls, and some candidate nominations. So how can and, people uh, get in touch with you if they want if they want to learn how to do this stuff better? Well, I, I do want to be on Twitter doing a little Twitter storm out there with some of the higher-up people, influencers, because honestly, whether they respond to me or not, if I keep tagging them, if I have a crew of people, when you know why, like who to tag and who should be saying to them, if everybody's kind of organically, you know, hitting people up, hitting up influencers to be like, hey, hey, you can help us. You can help the people. We got we want to see you look into direct democracy more, you know. That's where I'd want to not only connect with people following, but to engage them to say, hey, look, now's your chance. Tell one of the people who's in office what they should change. You know, help promote one of those alternative candidates. Share their tweets. 
you know, help promote that policy change with me and help us. I'll help you. I'll help anybody, really. I want to sit down and do some roundtables where we get into uh, real political science and open up each of our individual states' election law and start looking at it over a course of a few hours and take the time to make a, uh, a seminar out of it where people learn how they can file these ballot measures, how they can even run for office as a candidate if they had the time and energy to do that, um, how they can, you know, how they can get on the ballot and how they can get policy on the ballot. Because ultimately, I think that's the paradigm shift that's needed, whether candidates win or lose. And when candidates embrace that, it's almost like the art of Zen. You know the art of Zen where they say, you know, you know, do not, like, seek to grasp that which is there because the more you seek to grasp it, the less it is. You know, it's like one of those parables, you know. It's like a candidate, if, you want, if they, anyone wants to run and just talk about the actual policy that makes sense, Start investigating your ballot access. You might find you're going to like running for office and talking to people about ballot measures that you could help legislate, so to speak. You could help draft. I can help you learn how to draft model legislation, and we can all go to work. We could all take time once a week, once every couple weeks, you know, and stay in touch learning how to draft policy. And, and basically we could stockpile uh, a whole uh, stack of, potential ballot measures for our areas, and that uh. would just give us tremendous uh, opportunity, you know, once we could, you know, figure out the organizing properly, you know, we would be able to, um, we'd be able to get actually, theoretically, multiple ballot measures qualified at the same time. So okay. that is a game changer. Yeah, because people don't think long term in this industry, they all come out with their individual packs. But if people organize around the process, we have a community that has, like, really one code of understanding, which is, you know, organizing a critical mass for this process, then we would be able to qualify any kind of policy changes we want, anytime. And, and the amount that we need is less than a political party, or it's about the same. A political party is about 5% of the registered voters, and... Uh, so is a ballot measure. And a citizen grand jury is even less. Oh, wow. A citizen grand jury is under 2%. Yeah. At least last I checked, I think it was New Mexico I had fun. Yeah. So I contacted you through Facebook. What is your handle on Facebook for our audience? Uh, it's actually Nicolas, N-I-C-O-L-A-S. Okay. Uh, crypto Guillermo. It's spelled G-U-I-L-L-E-R-M-O. Okay. That's a picture of me and my, my dear Olaf. All right. So that's a good place to go to connect with you. It is. It is. My messenger is active. Uh, Twitter is good. Zero X Petitioner. And um, if I could have one other... Statement. Yes, uh, follow me. And if anybody's out there, if anybody has a type of career that's like um, temporary, they uh, travel. I run petition drives in California. And later this year, we're going to have petition drives lasting all the way to the next presidential election. And I hire people. I manage petition drives. I teach about it. And, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, I've been working in this industry, and I still am. So if anybody's also interested in that kind of interesting 
work in the field that pays well and allows you to pay yourself to travel California a bit. But, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, sir. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. We appreciate you talking about your ideas with our audience. Yeah. Now, were were there any last questions before um, we kind of finish here? Do you think do you you have it set up where your audience can ask questions? They they can. We don't have they that that's why I gave you them your your ad your handle. So if they do have questions, they can get in touch with you there. So that would be the best thing if they if they want to get directly in yeah. touch with you. Yes. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. Of and course. If you don't have any other questions, I'm very happy to have had the chance to talk. And, and, and uh, again, sorry for the interruption, but I'm glad we were able to finish up. That all worked out. That's okay. We made it through. Yeah. All right. We wish you all the best in your personal and professional endeavors. Thank you. All right, take care. Yeah, you too. And connect with me on Twitter and I'll share your stuff. Okay. All right, sounds good. Bye now.